Hey there, it's Oscar, the host of Deep Dive. One of the best ways that you can support this podcast is by subscribing to the Japan Times. And we are currently offering a special 30% discount on the first six months of a digital premium subscription. Our premium plan gives you unlimited access to all of the Japan Times' brilliant journalism, plus a number of extra perks and features like removing all of the ads from the website, which makes the whole thing a much nicer reading experience. To take advantage of this offer, all you need to do is head to jtimes.jp slash deepdive30 and enter the promo code DEEPDIVE30. That's DEEPDIVE30, all in caps, when you subscribe for a 30% discount. The link and the promo code are in the show notes. Thank you, as always, for your support. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times. I'm Oscar Boyd. I think we've all felt a little bit lonely at times during this pandemic. I know I definitely have. I've been working at home for the best part of two years now. And with all the talk of bubbles and the fear of catching COVID-19, my social circle has definitely shrunk. Across the board, I have far fewer interactions with people now than I did pre-pandemic. And surveys taken of the Japanese public show that this feeling is widely shared. One in two people in their 20s and 30s say that they have felt lonely in their everyday lives during the pandemic. In response to this growing crisis, in February this year, the government created a new cabinet position to try and address the problem, the so-called Minister for Loneliness. But loneliness did not begin with COVID-19 and has been a growing problem in Japan for decades. Joining me today is Alex Martin, a senior writer at the Japan Times, who recently wrote an article on Kodoku and the fine line between solitude and loneliness that many of us have experienced throughout the pandemic. Alex Martin, welcome back to Deep Dive. Thank you, Oscar, for having me back. So I recently read your article. I thought it was a really interesting topic to explore. And the first thing I wanted to ask you based on that is, how would you define loneliness and how widespread of a problem is it here in Japan? So in my article, I sort of uh, laid out different concepts between uh, the word solitude mm. and loneliness. Um, I think people can generally agree that, you know, solitude is uh, could be a positive thing. Um, sometimes you need time on your own to think about your life or uh, what you want to do. I have two small kids, so uh, <laughs> I cherish my moments when I can uh, go out and have a beer at a pub without, uh, you know, 30 minutes of time on my own. Um, and then there's loneliness, obviously, where uh, you're, you're feeling insecure um, and you want to sort of reach out uh, to two people, but you can't um, for various reasons. And I think the uh, the latter uh, portion, the issue of loneliness, um, has been uh, an issue in Japan for quite a while. Various factors are involved. I think one might be uh, demographics. Um, 29.1% of the population here is over 65, which naturally means that uh, many, for example, married couples, um, you know, either the husband or uh, the wife, uh, they may pass away before uh, the other, mm. meaning uh, there are very, uh, there's a growing pool of single person households, essentially. So widows and widowers in that case. Exactly. And traditionally, you know, if you're, uh, if you come from a Japanese countryside or if you're living in the Japanese countryside, you have your extended family members, um, perhaps living together or nearby in the same community. Whereas if you're living in a big city like Tokyo, um, what's often the case here is that, you know, you'll find like an obachan, an old lady living on her own. My mother, uh, who's in her seventies, uh, she lives a few blocks away from where I live. Um, but uh, when I visit her, you know, a lot, a lot of her, uh, uh, the people living in her apartment are around the same age as she is. Mm. Um, and they're often living on their own. Obviously, there's communities that they can sort of uh, go to, um, maybe uh, old people's gatherings or uh, some, et cetera, et cetera. 
but uh, I think you know a lot of uh, people, um, unless they have uh, family members close by, they might be feeling a little bit lonely. Mm-hmm. And what other age groups are particularly at risk of being affected by loneliness? I think it affects uh, everyone pretty much um, from from all uh, age groups. For example, when we were, when we're looking at the younger generation, um, a lot of the the kids would uh, uh, come to Tokyo for university um, from elsewhere, uh, trying to immerse themselves uh, into the uh, the new atmosphere, the environment. Um, could be uh, uh, difficult for some people, especially during the uh, the the pandemic. Um, a lot of the schools uh, had remote classes. So, you know, I didn't go to a Japanese university, so I'm just, just this is uh, not uh, my personal experience. But what I hear is that once you join, you uh, get recruited by these various sort of clubs. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's the tennis club or the mountain mountaineering club or the uh, shogi or chess club, etc. And that's where you make friends. Um, and that's where you sort of uh, enjoy extracurricular activities. Um, all that got blown away by COVID. So, you know, uh, in different stories, I've been talking to a lot of university students um, in their uh, late teens or early 20s. And, you know, they all say that, you know, it's been a really boring <laughs> two years. And this is not just in Japan, obviously, this is a global phenomenon. But uh, uh, just looking at Japanese students and, you know, younger uh, kids, I think a lot of them are feeling um, quite isolated. Yeah, of course. I feel so sorry for anyone who started university in the last couple of years, because obviously it's meant to be such an exciting Mm -hmm. time in your life. And I think for some people, it probably still has been. Sure. But the idea that you go to university and then don't have all those social connections that, you know, university is so good for, Mm -hmm. it must be so tough being a first or second year student right now. Sure. And even for, uh, you know, newly graduated uh, workers, I talked to a few of them as well. And, uh, once you enter a Japanese company after you graduate, typically they would have what they call like a, a shinjin kangekai or something like that, where they would uh, host a host a party for the uh, the newcomers, and you know they would go out drinking and you know get, get uh, very drunk and sort of uh, <laughs> uh, get to know the uh, the crew pretty much. Um, but all that's disappeared, and you know these drinking after work drinking uh, parties in general um, has been sort of quite controversial because. Uh, some people probably don't want to be going out drinking with their bosses <laughs> every week. Um, whereas that's been sort of a custom in a very uh, traditional Japanese corporate uh, uh, environment. Um, but then again, um, these drinking sessions are quite important to sort of uh, get to know uh, the people in your office. So it's uh, it's controversial, but then once that disappears, it sort of uh, um, takes away the opportunity for uh, uh these younger workers to get to know people in their company. And uh, that's a very pandemic-oriented situation mm-hmm. that I'm describing. Yeah, that's the younger generation. And then we have the uh, the middle-aged uh, ojisans. And ojisans are just kind of... Middle-aged men. Middle-aged men. Yeah. And one of the uh, the people I talked to for this story, uh, Junko Kamoto, wrote a book about uh, how... I think the title was something like... Uh, uh, Japanese middle-aged men, the most lonesome people in the world. Or that's a rough translation. <laughs> um, uh, but the uh, the idea behind it is that uh, uh, I think Japanese men uh, beyond a certain age they don't communicate their uh, inner turmoil perhaps as vocally as uh, perhaps a woman may do. Um, and this you know sort of stems from a very patriarchal culture in Japan where uh, uh, the men was were considered to be the cent- central to the household. They would, they would be called the daikokubashira. Obviously, that's changing now. Um, 
but uh, the point is that you know you're not supposed to be uh, sort of complaining about things. You know, even if uh, something bad happens to you or your family, you, you need to sort of uh, you know grit your teeth and get over it without complaining, without sort of uh, mm. showing your sort of uh, weakness. Be quite stoic and kind of stoic, persevere through right. any difficulty. Sort of uh, exemplified or uh, personified by the actor uh, Ken Takakura, who passed away a few years ago. A lot of uh, uh, middle-aged men in Japan uh, who grew up during the, the Showa period, I think, uh, look up to that kind of image. And uh, that's, I mean, that's fine as long as uh, they can take care of themselves. But the problem is that uh, the situation now in Japan where the economy is not as stable as it was before, a lot of uh, job stability is eroding. Um, mm. Various sort of, you know, the, uh, factors involved in demographics, uh, society, economy, culture. Um, and when all that's combined, the fact that, you know, you're keeping all your, all this sort of emotions inside yourself is probably unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the point of the book, I think. And I, I think an interesting part of your article when talking about this group in particular as well was how a lot of them had grown up in the hardcore salaryman culture as well. So really devoted themselves to their work mm-hmm. and outside the work environment hadn't really bothered or hadn't been able to form bonds in other social groups mm-hmm. and so for a lot of these people they get to the end of their kind of working life maybe they retire age 60 65 mm-hmm. and then they just lose all of that social connection that they would have had previously through work right um that's been the stereotypical sort of image of the uh, japanese corporate salary man so you know japan's uh, sort of economic boom um during the 60s 70s and 80s was uh the backbone was the lifetime employment system where, you know, people would dedicate themselves to uh, a company. They would join after graduate, graduating university and just uh, climb the way up until they retire. So, you know, the, the company was their family, pretty much um, their social lives, everything combined, as you just said. Mm. So once uh, they retire or, you know, they finish work, what are they going to do? Um, I think that's changing a lot. Uh, the lifetime employment system is not really functioning anymore in a lot of corporations. Uh, sort of uh, labor force fluidity is uh, much stronger now compared to a couple decades ago. So that may be a, a sort of an old phenomenon, but I think that kind of image persists. And uh, especially the older generation, um, they mm. still have harbor this sort of uh, this fantasy about you know how the company is supposed to take care of them. So it seems pretty clear that a lot of people are harbouring feelings of loneliness in Japan. But aside from the obvious lack of people to talk to or to confide in, what are some of the problems that are associated with chronic or persistent loneliness? Well, I mean, there are various uh, statistics. Um, for example, in the story, I think I mentioned that, you know, feeling lonely uh, is equivalent to, you know, smoking 15 cigarettes a day or something like that, <laughs> figures like that. That's, that sounds pretty awful. But besides that, in Japan, uh, Japan is known for its uh, relatively high suicide rate. It's been going down for quite some time until the pandemic hit, and now I think it's rising again. Um, although that's not just uh, loneliness, I think it also involves uh, uh, people losing jobs, perhaps, um, and a lot of women, the, the ratio of women that, were, that was historically low compared to men, they now occupy a bigger portion of the, uh, the, the mm. suicide rate here. So that's a direct sort of uh, figure that can be associated to loneliness, I think. Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways that loneliness is typified in Japan is through this idea of kodokushi, 
lonely deaths. Lonely deaths. How big a, big a factor is that in Japan at the moment? It's it's been a uh, quite a big issue for quite some time. Um, it directly relates to what we discussed before about how, uh, especially older older people, um, are living alone in big cities. And you know, if they don't have uh, direct family members close by or friends that take care of them, um, they may not feel inclined to seek help when they're getting hungry or they go broke or they get sick. Um, so there have been there's been numerous uh, stories out there for the past two decades or so of uh, you know old people sort of dying on their own in these apartments in Tokyo. It's mostly, it's, it's a very urban phenomenon because, you know, if you're in the countryside if you, where you grew up, um, it's very likely that uh, someone you know would uh, be looking into you. Plus the general population is much smaller, so I think it's uh, manageable in terms of uh, figuring out who's doing what. Mm, mm. Whereas in a big city it's like Tokyo... when someone disappears, for example. Right, everybody's anonymous in Tokyo. So um, the thing is, you know, it's very hard to find statistics. There's no sort of uh, set... For example, Tokyo, I don't think Tokyo has like a kodokushi statistic per se. Uh, people deduct the figure or um, based on uh, various calculations. Um, but still, I think the idea is that the reported number of cases is uh, gradually growing. Hmm. It's interesting because Japan, I think, is often spoken about as having a culture that prioritizes the collective over the individual experience. Which to me kind of implies that perhaps there's a more communal society where there are fewer people feeling lonely, yet despite that, there is this kind of high rate of loneliness within the general population. So what explains that discrepancy? I think it really traces back to the uh, the Japan's economic boom before the, the bubble crashed or popped, um, when there was a extensive uh, rural to urban migration. And that's pretty much the, uh, the root of the uh, issue here, I think, where uh, people just rushed over to uh, big cities, especially Tokyo. They left their uh, own communities and uh, tried to start anew. For some people, it works. Uh, you know, they make a family and they buy a house here and they get to know their local people. But for others, um, it just doesn't work. I wrote a story the other day about uh, Japan's growing underclass, um, mm-hmm. where there's a growing pool of non-regular workers, and especially during the pandemic, uh, they're sort of left out on the streets and they're visiting sort of soup kitchens. And uh, a lot of these people um, are obviously older folks, but then you would find some uh, young people here and there. And you would imagine, you, you, I, I would ask myself, why if you're in your 20s and, okay, you lose your job, can't you just go back to your parents or mm-hmm. do you not have friends that you can... But uh, I think, you know, people have different sort of issues and backgrounds um, that we don't know. And uh, for some of these uh, younger folks, they just don't feel inclined to seek help in that kind of situation. And that's sort of, a, I think, one aspect of loneliness in the city here is that, you know, you come out here, you try to make it, but when things doesn't don't work out um maybe you have your parents back in you know the countryside but you just don't feel that you know you should or could Mm. reach out Mm. and i'm guessing for a lot of people that they think that by perhaps reaching out might be seen as some admission of failure they've just Mm -hmm. made a move to a big city and they don't want to admit that they Mm -hmm. might in fact be struggling with that move and with loneliness right and there's there's a definite uh, gender aspect here i think um I talk to uh, different helplines and most of them tell me that, you know, uh, a majority, like 70% of the people who call are women. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean that, you know, women f- feel more lonely than men. I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, uh, whether you're sort of able to speak out and seek help. Um, I think men in Japan, maybe this is a, a, a wider phenomenon, um, which I think it is, but at least in men in Japan just don't feel inclined to reach out. 
In your article, you write about the problems associated with loneliness, but you also write that Japan is currently infatuated with the concept of solitude. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, Fee, where is this line between solitude and loneliness? You know, what's the difference? Well, first of all, in, in Japanese, the concept of solitude and loneliness are both sort of expressed by the term kodoku, so, which is the root of the confusion because uh, solitude and loneliness are, I think, most people would agree, different concepts. They're obviously related, but they're different concepts, whereas kodoku encompasses both meanings. So there's that confusion, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it goes back to what I described before, but I think solitude is, uh, is generally considered to be uh, something that could be positive, um, spending time on your own to sort of uh, reflect on yourself, um, to improve yourself and uh, clear your mind um, through various recreational activities, perhaps. Whereas loneliness is a situation where you're trying to reach out and you want to seek out help. You're unstable, you're feeling uncertain, um, but you cannot. Mm-hmm. So what are some examples of the different ways in which this term kodoku is being used to express both loneliness and also the potentially more positive form that is solitude. Right. So, for example, lonely death, that's, that also uses the word kodoku, that's kodokushi. Mm. Um, and that's obviously a, a very negative term in this, this thinking. Um, then there's uh, the other kodoku, the, the solitude kodoku. Um, and there's been you know numerous books published that sort of uh, champions the, uh, the 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 freedom or the uh, the independence associated with uh, being kodoku or or solitude. There's a, a very famous TV uh, drama series called uh, Kodoku no Gurume, which is uh, <laughs> what's the English translation? Solitary gourmet. Yeah, and uh, I think it's in its eighth season now. I might be mistaken. I'm a big fan. It's on uh, Netflix, by the way, um, <laughs> and it's about a man called uh, uh, Inogashira Goro. Um, he basically sort of uh, travels around various areas in Tokyo and elsewhere for work, and then he would get hungry. So he would uh, look around and just sort of jump into um, an eatery that looks nice, and uh, it's basically just him eating alone mm. at a restaurant or a bar or an izakaya. It's, it's, there's a strange sort of... Uh, healing aspect to just watching this guy sort of enjoying his food <laughs> and then there's you know the, i wrote a story about solo camping it's a big boom now especially during the pandemic mm. because of social distancing measures and all that but i think that's also related uh, there's a guy called hiroshi a uh, comedian who posts youtube videos um where uh, basically just goes up into the mountains and he hitches a tent and he makes some dinner and most of the time he doesn't there's nobody speaking right mm. you just see him sort of doing his stuff <laughs> and by the by the end he'll be sitting by a fire and you know sipping on coffee or something it's kind of like slow tv slow tv kind of thing yeah. and this is you know i think it's a it's not just in japan you know it's a, it's a big thing all over the place but uh it is as well in japan and uh, the idea is that you just you know you just get your own time you just escape from the uh the the daily grind sort of find your place out there, you know, either it be in a restaurant on your own or up in the mountains or, you know, anything. And what you're talking about here is the growth of the Ohitori Summer experience, activities that have been designed for people to go out and do on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually very easy to go out and do things solo here without feeling like there is any stigma at all. Mm-hmm. There's 
all sorts of restaurants that cater to solo diners, uh, some bars, even karaoke places are beginning to target solo singers more. So when did this trend, this growth in the Okitori Same experience really start to take off? That's, a, that's an interesting question because I'm not quite sure when this phenomenon um, first appeared. I'm sure it's quite a while back, at least a decade or two before. It's been really in the spotlight for the past five or six years, I think, uh, due to you know various literature and uh, TV dramas and manga um, mm. that espouse the uh, the virtues of uh, being kodoku. Um, why are there there so many services catering towards the party of one? Is I don't know, to be honest. Um, I used to live in a really small apartment um, in Setagaya when I was in my early twenties, coming back from the U.S. and the kitchen was tiny right you would have one uh sort of gas burner and then that's it and like a small sink there's nowhere to put your frying pan or you know cook anything beyond one gas burner so i would naturally you know i would try to cook but then after a while i would just give up and i would go out and you know you know find a teishoku for example and I think that could be one reason. You know, Tokyo is a, a huge city um, in terms of population, uh, but you know they're so concentrated um, in a quite a actually a small piece of uh, land that uh, living spaces are very tiny here, mm. unless you're quite well off, uh, which in turn implies or sort of translates to you know a lot of people actually just going out to eat rather than cooking at home. And when you're going out to eat, and if you're coming from you know. Uh, outside of Tokyo on your own to work or to study and you're living in a, in a community that you don't really know that many people, then you, you naturally eat on your own, right? So I think that's perhaps one sort of uh, reason why this has really become a thing. Mm-hmm. And probably behind it as well is the growth of these kind of single households, whether that's increasing numbers of widows and widowers or increasing number of young people who are living alone for longer and just the demand they create for single person experiences, um, not just to do with eating, but all across the board. But I did want to ask, how do these two sides of the Kodoku experience resolve with each other? And I guess what I mean by that is, is there a risk that by glamorizing and promoting the idea of solitude, that that somehow obscures the issue of loneliness that is such a persistent issue here? I mean, I think there's definitely uh, an aspect of like, like that um, by glamorizing uh, kodoku, it sort of blurs the uh, um, the big picture or the more darker picture of what's happening in Japan. I would think, you know, perhaps just inventing another word for loneliness and or just using kodoku for loneliness and perhaps uh, another word for solitude would would sort of uh, you know shed things in a new light to sort of simplify uh, what's happening. But at the same time, I think it is a fact that a lot of folks um, want to sort of uh, have their own time, or, you know, with either by themselves or with a very close group of friends outside from your daily corporate uh, lives, I think. Um, and that's a good thing, definitely. How is Japan actually dealing with the issue of loneliness and trying to create a society in which fewer people do feel chronically lonely as far as i know there are many uh new organizations and groups um non-profits that have sprung up over the past few years that are trying to address this uh, problem directly uh, either through uh you know hotlines or uh social media uh communication 
um, and various events and uh, uh, things like that. So I think, especially among the younger generation, I think they're much more flexible in terms of uh, confronting the, uh, the, the problem of loneliness and isolation and actually vocalizing that. I'm not quite sure if that's the case with the uh, the older generation, whether there are, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people reaching out um, and trying to help out in that. But in terms of uh, visible action being taken, I tend to think that uh, the issue of loneliness is being uh, dealt with a bit more actively among the youth and the younger generation compared to the older generation. Mm. And we mentioned at the top of the episode that I think it was in February that a new cabinet position was created for a minister who's in charge of combating loneliness and isolation. Mm -hmm. Has there been much actual impact from um, the creation of that position? Not that I am aware of, but I think, and I might be mistaken, um, one of the researchers I talked to for the story mentioned that the government is planning to uh, conduct a a sort of a a widespread uh, survey study towards the end of the year, I think, um, to research the situation. But it's a very new position, I think. And uh, as far as I know, I don't think there's been uh, too much going on on that front. Do you, do you see the problem of loneliness increasing or decreasing as we come out of the other side of the pandemic? So that's closely related to work style and the economy, I think. Uh, in terms of work style, remote work, teleworking, is that going to uh, become a big thing? or not. The general picture I'm getting is that it's not going to be like a revolutionary sort of remote work renaissance. Um, It's going to be sort of a hybrid thing Mm. model. So I think that's going to be the situation looking forward. And how's that going to impact people's, you know, psychological well-being? We'll we'll find out. Mm. And then there's the economy, um, which has taken a hit, obviously. This is not just Japan. Um, Is that going to recover after post-pandemic? Are people going to start traveling again? Um, because you know, travel and recreation is a a good part of uh, releasing stress and actually meeting new people. In the long term, though, obviously Japan's population is going to shrink, and is that going to work positively towards you know uh, society and uh, communities? I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps, maybe you know, a smaller population would uh, work out better because people can look out for other people. Uh, but perhaps not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting proposition. I've, I've like definitely felt it throughout the pandemic, just having kind of the like routine day-to-day interaction dropping to such a low level by comparison to pre-pandemic levels has definitely felt like a bit of a drag mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic. And there's definitely been days where I've gone, oh God, like I'd really like to just be able to easily see people again. And Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of amazing. I mean, when I used to go to the office, I was a, I think I was a rather quiet office worker. I would just sit down and just get my job done and leave at six p.m. Um, but even still, I now realize that you know, I you know the visual senses and you know the the noise and you know the small conversations you have. It's, it's like a lot of information you're picking up subconsciously, and then you're sorting it out later on subconsciously. Whereas now, you know, I'm just staring out the window from my uh, my room <laughs> most of the day. And, you know, the amount of information coming in from my senses is uh, is very limited compared to uh, when, when you're actually outside in a situation where there are other people around. So it's very interesting. Alex Martin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. That was Alex Martin. My thanks to him for joining me for this episode. You can read his article on the Japan Times website. It's linked in the show notes below this episode. 
If you or anyone you know is suffering from loneliness or any other mental health issue, help is available in Japan. Visit tell at telljp.com to find support services. Before we go, a quick reminder that we are currently offering a 30% discount on premium digital subscriptions to the Japan Times. For more details on that offer, check out the show notes. A subscription is one of the best ways to support this podcast. So thank you very much in advance if you do take out one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week. Until then, Potsukare sama. 